everybody. Welcome to Sturkers and Radar Uncut, a monthly podcast brought to you by Pig. Hi, you best. Welcome to episode two of season two. Hope you enjoyed episode one. We had the legend Butch Harmon on as our special guest. And just to remind you all to check us out on social as well. Sturkers Radar on Twitter, Sturkers and Radar Pod on Instagram. We've got our guest standing by. Before that, quickly, Radar, doing well? Great. Back from the PGA Championship was fantastic. Really great major. They must be very, very happy. Good stuff. We're going to talk a plenty more about the PGA upcoming, but let's get straight into it. As I said, Butch Harmon was our very first guest for episode one, season two. We've got another superb guest today. Not a player, but a legend in his very own right, Billy Foster, who's counted for some great names in the world of golf. Seve, of course, Lee Westwood, a little appearance for Tiger, Darren Clark, and now Matt Fitzpatrick. Obviously, they had a great run last week at the PGA Championship. Billy Foster, thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure. You're obviously scraping the barrel today, but I'll stand in with pleasure. No, absolutely not, Billy, because your after-dinner speeches and your comedy genius is well known around the golf circuit. So we're very happy to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Stopping a cup of tea. And before we get to the important stuff, you are wearing a cap, which says it all at the minute, because we know what a big Leeds United fan you are. Describe your relief right now, Billy. Obviously retaining your position in the Premier League? Well, I actually did about five minutes with uh, Henny uh, for Sky Sports on Sunday morning before Matt teed off. And she said, how are you feeling today? I just said, well, it's a huge day today. I'm feeling very nervous and I feel sick to the pit of my stomach. I said, not about the golf, about Leeds United. Yeah. <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible couple of hours, I must admit. But uh, they, uh, they got out of jail free. So hopefully they can learn the lessons of building the squad a bit deeper and not put us through it again next year. We'll see. Absolutely. And, and we've just been talking, York because I moved back up to Yorkshire for Matt Lee, so I'm not a million miles away from you. And I think any time we have a Yorkshire man, Yorkshire woman, Yorkshire person on the show, it's, uh, Billy, it makes me very happy. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you, you've been a guest that I wanted to get on for a while, so it's good to have you with us. And we've just... We've just heard from, well, we just saw Spud, didn't we, Radar? Billy's little, Billy's little dog on the, uh, making a bit of an appearance. He's got his cup of tea. He's got some of his memorabilia, some of his pictures behind us in his office there. But come on then, look, it was an amazing week for Matt last week. You must be proud, first of all, of, of what he's achieving right now. He's knocking on the door, but he showed a lot of class and composure, didn't he, last week in the PGA? You know, he's come a long way. I mean, he was, um, not saying it's anything to do with me, because it isn't, but I mean, he was 48th in the world. Yeah, I'm going to start with him three and a half years ago, and he's, he's currently 15th, and he's only going one way. You know, he's he's driving the ball 20 yards further than, than what he was 18 months ago, and he started chipping cack-handed. I mean, I hate the look of it, having worked for Seve for five years. I think it's an absolute strange thing to look at, but I'll tell you what, his chipping has come on like you can't believe. So we all know he puts well, and, and he drives the ball well. So with him getting that bit longer, I think he's turning into a proper player, and you could well see this lad with majors. Uh, it was unfortunate there on Sunday because it was there for the taking. You know, that's the gut-wrenching thing. And as I said before we teed off to Henny, I said, you know, it's just about hitting fairways and, you know, hitting, missing the greens in the right spots. You can't get on the wrong spots. And and sure enough, he, he did he did two or three of those things that you couldn't do. You know, he, he missed a lot of fairways. And, and then, you know, getting uncontrollable flyers, you know, a wedge at the first 180 yards and, you normally it's at 140, you know, and, and that was a bad start to the day. Bogey the first, and then um, 
the tenth hole got another extreme flyer and went over the back and made another bogey. But it was so frustrating that he, he, he openly admits he didn't have his A game on Sunday. But still, you know, you drive the green on seventeen or buy the green, drivable par four, and he makes birdies in a playoff and and, and he hit a thirty yard pull up and, and made bogey and. Uh, you know, it's very frustrating afternoon, but you know he'll, he'll live and learn from it, and he'll get stronger from it. And I'm sure it won't be long before he's competing again. It might be well as you know, it could be the U.S. Open in three weeks' time. He could feature it again. He's playing that well. I think Billy. I think it was great. I think that was great. I was out with you guys on Sundays, you know, and um, I, I, the way he played. I, I think okay, it wasn't to be, but there were a lot of players it wasn't to be for on that Sunday. Yeah, you don't see that on you know when you're out there, you don't see it, but. Yeah, everybody has the cartels, you know? Yeah, that one, that, it was one of those days. And you walk away from that, and I walk away from that, and I think he's destined to win a major. I think St Andrews, he's a, I think he's a great chance at St Andrews. Okay, everyone thinks he's got a US Open game. I think St Andrews this year, he's a really good chance. Mate, I, I'm just surprised. The guy, he's only a slightly built guy. I, I don't know how he carries those things hanging between his legs around with him because I think he's got a big old set. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 pretty good under pressure. He's, he's uh, very calm on the golf course. And, uh, you know, he gets a bit down on himself at times, but I think I'm finally, you know, cracking that chord one by, you know, week by week. And, um, you know, we had a good chat a couple of weeks ago and it's irrelevant what I said, but I said my piece to a certain degree. And uh, certainly the last two weeks, he's come out a different person and um, long may it continue. I think he's going to have a huge season, I really do. He'll win in America very soon, I think. You know, like I said, he's had what six or seven top tens in probably nine starts, ten starts. So he's he's probably the most consistent player out there right now without winning. You know, he's leaving all the stats. Evidently, he's just right there. I mean, how he hasn't won is beyond me. But I think the Yanks they know he's coming. Yeah, I mean, a couple of lads came up to me in the locker room on Sunday before we teed off, and you know, saying they would they loved his game and they were tipping him to win. It's the last thing I want to hear because it's just another day in the office, and you never know where you're going to get dealt on the day. You know, and I don't get carried away with it whatsoever, but um, he's getting noticed out there for sure. Really, a couple of things. It's interesting. You mentioned there that the stats, and there's, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a bit on social media talking about the fact, you know, pretty much since he was 15 years of age, he, he's recorded every shot he's ever hit. I'm, sh I'm sure you, you'd have seen that. Just in his pursuit of excellence, basically, looking at the little fine margins, what he can do to try and get that extra edge, which is what all these guys are looking for week in, week out. Just describe what he's like in terms of his work ethic, his determination, his focus to take his career to the next level. Listen, this this kid is off the charts. I'm having worked for some great champions. You know, Tiger Woods, Savvy Ballesteros, Darren Clark, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Thomas Bjorn. I mean, the great players, all of them. But I'm telling you now, from the first couple of weeks, I said, this kid's actually Bernard Langer's love child. That's what I call him, he's Bernard Langer's love child, because his work ethic is by far and away the most professional player I've ever worked for by streets. And like you say, he'll go on the range and he, he will literally write down every shot he hits in practice on from the mid, even in the tournament, he'll pace it off. It's 17 yards right at the middle of the fair and he's logging every shot he hits. Where is it? The shot six yards short, four yards right, four yards past. And he does a spreadsheet and as every shot he's ever hit into a spreadsheet and it comes up with simple answers. You know, it might be 2% further left with a wedge on, on certain shots to left pins as well. Comes up with all sorts. To me, he's overanalyzing anything, but he leaves nothing to chance. He's incredible. And he works hard with Eduardo Molinari on his stats and the numbers he throws at me. I, I, that's all. I, to be honest, I, I switch off and go, yeah, yeah, all right. I just 
I just get on with my job because it's it's just what I see out there. And but it tends more often not to tie in with what he's thinking. So I try and keep it simple. But he leaves nothing to chance. I mean, he'll put down fifty balls on the range, and he will write down every shot. Is it same again? Four yards left, six yards past, two yards right. Every putty, it's on the putting green. He writes down miss low left, miss high right. You know, it's it's incredible what he does. And you know, is I've got to take my hat off to him. And the last eighteen months. He spent so much time working with a speed stick and just get, doing rep after rep after rep. And it might have gone from 115 mile an hour to 119, 120 miles an hour. And that's where he's found his... He's, in it. he's, he's certainly a minimum 15 yards longer than what he was 18 months ago. I'd say more. I mean, he's surprising a lot of players. I mean, we've played with a couple of guys. I mean, we played with Victor Hovland in practice last week. And they went down the second hole and they both hit a good shot down. The Victor's bombed one down there. And, you know, and I've, I've stopped at the first ball, you know, to sort of like have a bit of a laugh. And sure enough, Victor's walked straight past me. 30 yards to the furthest ball, I went, boy, get back here. Like, you know, they can't believe that Fitz is just bombing it past them. And he is. He's, I think it's exciting to answer Fitz. Uh, you know, he might really start winning a lot of tournaments once he's got rid of me. No, I don't think you'll be hanging around. Um, you're a Yorkshireman after all. Um, you like you like you like a few quick but he, he yeah I I think that's why a lot of people were surprised I watched both these win at the Earth Course over there at um in Dubai and the reason why for me would it be fair to say he has an uncanny ability to get what he can out of the ground he can off the tee he can he can hit that knuckleball kinda and it hits the deck and off she goes yeah well he's got he's got two or three different shots. He's obviously got the standard the standard shot, but he does have the low knuckleball that is, my God, I mean, it's, it's like, I've never seen anybody, I mean, anybody in the 40 years of me carrying, I've never seen anybody hit a ball as low. I mean, it goes like eight foot off the ground for 240 yards and then, yeah, I mean, it just runs forever, like, you know, and then he's got what he calls the bomb where he tees it up and just gives it that bit extra, it's underneath and he gets it flying out there, you know, over 310, which... For him, is you know, it's huge hitting, you know. But funnily enough, on Sunday, from the very first tee shot, you know, it, it a bit of a a hook off the tee in the trees, and it just it, you just got the sense straight away it wasn't he wasn't quite there on the day, you know. And, and sure enough, he wasn't. He hit two or three poor irons and made a couple of poor bogeys, you know. And unfortunately, you know, you get so close, and then bogey on seventeen, which is a birdie all, and it's. Uh, tantalisingly close but they're going to come a lot of them he, he's a young fella this guy is the package he he, he is the, he is fan, absolute there's other guys like Tyrrell's way up there in the world right? and he's one over there in the States but look I, I, I honestly think he's he's, he's um, the best player over in your country it kind of surprised me I keep sort of having a little look at the world rankings now and again he's by far and away the, the top Englishman you know which I was like shocked at the time but you know, when I took the job, I thought, he's a, you know, he's a nice golfer. You know, he's, he's a really steady golfer, nice golfer, good putter. But he's turning into a serious player all of a sudden. The last 18 months, he's starting to get me attention that I've got a job far better than I thought I'd picked up at the start, you know. 15 in the world, that says a lot. Yeah, when well, you look at some of the players that are below him, you know, like your Brooks Copkers, et cetera, it's like, really? <laughs> you know, it's a wow, like, you know, he's, he's, he's overtaking some serious players, you know. It was interesting what you said there, the, you know, the conversation, look, you don't have to, a lot of what you say between a, 
yourself and a player it's obviously confidential share share what you're willing to share but just interesting obviously Justin Thomas talked about the effect the Bones effect and obviously the conversation they had you know Bones's little pep talk saying you know just chill out you're too hard on yourself you need to just realize what you're doing right now and and you know JT credits Bones with a, a huge factor in obviously that win that little pep talk did wonders for him how much of a voice do you, or how much more of a voice do you think you have now as a caddy with your player? How willing are you to sort of, if you really feel strongly about something, to to have these little conversations with your player and kind of get inside their head a little bit? Nothing's, nothing's changed for me. Uh, I've always been the same. Um, I probably quite the first couple of years and then, um, you know, I worked for Golden Brand Junior for five years and you have to, as tell you, you have to fight, fight fire with fire with Gordon. It was a, feisty character himself you know and then obviously five years with Seve you have to put fires out on a daily basis so I, I was always brought up tough bosses I mean Darren Clark tough boss Thomas Bjorn tough boss Sergio Garcia saying I'm all absolute lunatic as much as I love him but you know I, I'm, I've never been afraid to get involved I don't want to fight on a golf course but nice. I'm not you know if I see something that's a weakness or is not right I'm not afraid to say my piece I mean that's why you're there at the end of the day you're there you pay to do a job and you know what's the point in being a yes man you know you may as well get your grandma pull, pull in a trolley if that's the case so if I say something that's wrong I say it's not good enough I need to go and practice it and you know I've said that with pretty much every boss I've ever worked with you know and, and Matt's no exception you know I've pulled him aside on you know three or four occasions over the last couple of years I always do like a, a mid-season report and an end-of-season report and it can be two or three you know A4 papers long full of points praising him and bullet points that are, you know, just saying this ain't good enough, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, and he, he goes away and works on it. You know, he's open to constructive criticism, let's say, you know, I'm not, and I always say, look, I'm not here to, you know, say, you know, be the bad man and the gobshite as such, you know, it's like, I'm saying it because I care about you and you need to listen. If you're going to get to the top, this needs to improve, that needs to improve. And he's, he takes it all on board and he works very, very hard at what I tell him, so... It's fascinating, Radar. You know, you're, you're up close and personal with these guys, you know, week in, week out. Talk a bit about the dynamic that you see between Billy and, and Matt. And and when you were playing, what, what did you need from a caddy? Well, I need, well, geez, I needed a bloody genius with my game. But Billy's caddy for me. We worked one year or one year over in Scandinavia. Look, Billy, well, the thing is with, with Matt and Billy, what I see, I see opposites, which is absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. Like Matt, is regimental. He comes across as that, as Billy says. Right, Matt jots down every single conceivable thing that can help him get better. Where Billy is very much an, uh, you know, an old style caddy who will learn with the great players. But you know, Billy has a big personality, and Matt kind of doesn't. But Matt has a a wicked sense of humour behind the scene. He's a very uh, he's he's a quick witted guy. But up front, what you see on television, you see totally different guys in Billy and Matt. And I, I think that is a sensational combination. Look, whoever Billy Cat, I'm not blowing smoke off Billy's ass, but you know, whoever Billy Caddy for, he's you know, he's gonna he's gonna do well with him. Um I, I I couldn't believe actually that Billy and Tiger didn't get together for a long period of time. I think a lot of people, but you know, you don't get uh you know, named, you know, the in the top three caddies in the world without Caddy, but what a dynamic these two have! I think that they've got a great chance to go up to you know top five in the world. Whether they can get to number one, we shall see. Why not? I'll tell you what. When I when I, uh, when I first went to a team meeting, 
three and a half years ago, there was 10 or 12 people sat around the table and I hadn't accepted the job at the time, I was just there to listen and, and see what was said. And, you know, and I think it might have been Pete Cowan and said, so what's your goals? You know, and, and he says, I want to be world number one. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I, mean, I didn't laugh. It was like, really? I was like, not a chance, like, you know, but and here we are three and a half years down the line. And we're like, that wasn't a stupid statement as he actually said, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some serious players out there. You know, your Shefflers, your, you know, your Rory's or your Brooks Kopkers or Dustin Johnson's, Justin Thomas, etc. You know, there's some serious players. And, and But I start looking at the world rankings now and I go, you know, you know, as you start picking them off one by one and, and I actually start thinking, no, Matt's better than him, Matt's better than him, Matt's better than him. And all of a sudden in my head, he's already up to about number eight or nine in the world, in my opinion. I'm looking at people he's catching all the time. I'm looking at people he's overtaking. And I'm looking what's ahead at the top of the tree. And I start to think, well, why not? Yeah, if you've got Justin Thomas, Billy, winning majors, why can't Matt? Yeah. I'd say one other thing about Justin Thomas would be, I look at all players and, you know, he's... You, you might look at Rory and say, well, yeah, Rory, on your day, your wedge play ain't good enough. Or some days your putting's a bit streaky, you know. Somebody else, it might be, you know, you're heavy or something, your driving's not good enough. Jordan Spieth, your driving's all over the shop at times. And sometimes you dodgy on short puts. Justin Thomas is one of them players. In fact, maybe the only player I can think of right now that I go, I can't really see a weakness. You know, his, 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 his short game is nothing but sensational. You know, drives it pretty good. His irons are great. He puts well. Mindset's pretty good. He's one of those players that, you know, he's up there with the best of the best right now, I think. Well, where's Matt's weakness? You could maybe argue that Long Irons are sometimes maybe got as strong as he would like. And and sometimes he might say his, his wedges are probably need to be a little bit tighter, but but he's very strong in every department of his game. He really is. And you know, he, he has got minor weaknesses, but he's working on it. He's getting better and better all the time. I'm sure he'll address the tiny issues that he's got, but he's a strong player. I mean, at the end of the day, if you drive it well and put well, you ain't going to be far off. And he's got both those qualities in abundance. So That's a big thing, to be able to go to a golf course and as a caddy, I'm sure, Billy, to be able to go, oh, this course is a bit, Millfield Village in a couple of weeks. Yeah, oh, it's a bit big, the golf course for my player. No, you haven't got that issue. I always thought that DP World shouldn't really suit him, but I mean, he's won it twice and finished second last year. Like, yeah, that's a bit of a long golf course. It's a big one. Yeah. I always say Bale. I didn't really fancy him. You know, you got to go through his schedule at the start of the year and think, yeah, Bale, let's play Valspar or something. You know, Bale, no, no, I like Bale. I'll go play Bale. I'm like, what we're going there for? Finish second. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, good job yeah. of getting half shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, if he's on his game, he can win anywhere. So it's irrelevant. Especially now he's got long, he's even longer now. So, yeah. We all agree. Amazing. It's been an amazing run for you. And I think we all agree. Yeah, definitely. Lots of lots of good things up ahead. Billy, you know, we, we talk about, mentioned the names and you've mentioned plenty of names in our conversation already. How much, you, you've been around a long time. You've seen a lot of stuff. You've plenty of stories. We'll get to that in a moment. But how much do you still love the, do you get up every day and, and love what you do and wanting to get on? I know the travel's tough back and forth to the States, but there's still the thrills and excitement of, of having a, a great job in a wonderful sport. How much do you, do you just love still the, the daily grind and, and passion for what you do? Yeah, I'm very fortunate, Sarah, that, you know, from being 16 years old, it's my 40th year caddying this year. Um, you know, it takes its toll caddying that 
three or four stone on your back for 40 years up and down the mills and um you know i'd like to think i could squeeze another three or four years out of it we'll see but yeah i still enjoy like you said the traveling's hard but i still love the job and the, the excitement of being in contention and you know the camaraderie and the fun that you have with the other caddies and other players to a certain extent i go out on the golf course and i try and have a laugh and a joke and i don't take myself seriously at all um and sometimes i probably say things i probably shouldn't but you know, not politically correct. Let's put it that way. So that's um, why we love you, Billy. Yeah, no, but you know, I could never, I could never do TV unless I had a, a red button. And it'd be pretty entertaining for me and Radar had a red button. We could really speak what we thought and swear and all that. There, um, there, we'd make some money. I mean, that would be a sellout. Sellout. <laughs> you and Radar need to do a watershed kind of after dinner night. Yeah, I'll leave that to sort you out, Radar. You can sort that out. But it's amazing and I know obviously I've not I've not been out at all for a while with the little one but I always love bumping into you and having a chat and you, the passion you excite and you know you having a laugh out there with the lads it's uh you're a popular character so no it's always good to see I, I mentioned earlier the we mentioned some of the names and I know you've done a few of this and some as I said some of the evening events or after dinners we everybody everybody always likes a Sevi story. So would you mind just sharing a little Sevi story for us, Billy? Just just before before we let you go, I'm sure you've said a quite a few over the years. But what's your favourite Sevi story? Well, I like the story. At my first ever Ryder Cup was at Muirfield Village in 1987, and um, he was he was put together with uh, a young man that had been a pro about three months by the name of Jose Maria Alazabal, and Tony Jack and put them together. You know, and his Sevi came out of the locker room, um, you know, as soon as those spikes went on and that European logo on his breast went on there and the, the European hat went on and last but not least, the European muzzle <laughs> frothing like a demented rock violet string at the least going to the first tee and they're playing Tom Kite and Curtis Strange. Well, Sevi was obviously one of the first Europeans that had gone over there and been successful and the Americans didn't like him over there stealing the dollars so he wasn't the flavour of the month and you know, Sevy was a pretty bitter and twisted person when it came to people not giving the time of day, and he despised them two players. <laughs> so they're playing together, and as they walk into the first tee, he's, he's turned to Jose and said, oh, this is Jose's first ever role in a Ryder Cup. He said, Jose, you're a fantastic player, eh? the rookie of the year and the best player in Europe, and you will win many major championships. But today, you just concentrate on your game, eh? and I will take care of these son of my bitches. All right? <laughs> <laughs> off the go. They all tee off. Jose knocks it on the green about 40 feet. The two septic tanks knock it on the green about 30 feet. So Savage thinks, right, I'm going to attack this back left pin and he pulls it and he's like, me carmen hostia, santissima, so puta madre, cabin dios. Pulls it left of the green in the shite. So now his head's off because he's thinking he's put Jose under pressure. First ever all in a Ryder Cup. Hey, Jose, you listen to me, eh? What is it, Savage? He says, or when we get to the green, you put first, eh? And then uh, maybe you make the four and uh, I go for the chip in, eh? Jose's like, what? No, 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 you, you listen to me, eh? So off he goes now. Jose puts it up from 43, three foot past the hole. Anyway, he marks it. And Seve's down left of the green. He goes, hey, Jose, you're finished, eh? And then I, I go for the chip in, eh? So Jose puts the ball back down and he's just about to step in. Curtis Strange chirps up. Jose, please, we don't want you to finish because if me and Tom put past the hole, you know, you could be studying our, you know, your footprints could be in our through line, you know. 
towards Aysner, thinking, well, if he, he puts it down and finishes, he's going to get a bollocking off the Yanks. If he don't, he's got the Grand Senor breathing fire down his ass. So now he's doing okey-cokey, he's going backwards and forwards, a bit like Keegan Bradley. I don't know where he's coming or going, you know. Anyway, Seve chirps up, hey, what's it? What's going on over there, eh? He said, well, Curtis Strange don't want me to finish because I could be in his through line. Jesus Christ, the son of my bitch. No, I know where he is. Yeah. I chip in anyway, so it goes back down the hill. Jose like, gets out of the way. Seve hits a flop shot, pitches on the edge of the green, trickles down the ice staircase, in. He chips in. Goes absolutely mental, comes up on the green, fists flying everywhere, picks Jose's marker up, slams it in his hand, see ya, tell you, eh? And he walks 15 yards across the green to Curtis Strange, straight in his face. Any problems now, Curtis? And walks off. And Jose stood again. What is going on here? World War Three, first all ever in a Ryder Cup. Welcome to Batman and Robin, Jose. <laughs> I mean, that describes Seve to a T. I mean, he was an absolute animal in the Ryder Cup. He hated everybody. That is awesome. It was absolutely brilliant. The Ryder Cups with him was like incredible. I mean... The pure and utter hatred he had. It was fantastic. Amazing. I don't know what's I don't know which is my favourite part of that. The story itself or your Spanish stroke Yorkshire accent. Hey, oh. <laughs> You're right, my lad. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that's, just, that's just one of many. I mean, I've got really a dozen stories about similar to that, but I mean you ain't got all that, have we? Well, no, we haven't. And do you know what, Billy? We're gonna have to get you back on, I think, as uh, later on in uh, later on in the season because uh, you've been fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're just about out of time. We've got a lot to, to crack through with the PJ Championship and with the Live Golf and everything going on in the in the game right now. But Billy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. Anytime. Radar? Yeah. So I at the red button. Alternative <laughs> commentary. We'll take on the world and destroy them all. Yeah, well, I've caught, well, I'm calling it a day. That's when we do that. <laughs> uh, Top round, Billy. Thanks ever so much. All right, pleasure. He's a top man, Billy Foster. Radar, I know you, you always enjoy chatting to Billy. It's um, He's a class act and we appreciated him coming on. But I, I think you're right. I think him and Matt are in for a great rest of the season. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's a, he's a proper guy, just not only a great caddy, but any time you see Billy Foster, he brings a smile to your face. Yeah. One of those, he's a dry Yorkshireman that, uh, he's got a big personality, but, you know, the world is a, such a better place with Billy in it. He's just a... And the day that he says there, he says, oh, if I can get another two or three years, Billy will be here till he's 80. <laughs> he's, he's a, yeah, brilliant. Uh, just a... Look, he's one of those guys that could go and teach young caddies yeah. when he's done. The Billy School. I mean, you would. You would go and listen to Billy Foster. He's, he's, he's awesome. He is. I thought that was a really good point you made about the opposites as well. I think that's a cracking point. It's like it's like relationships, isn't it, Radar? It's like marriage. You, you know, opposites attract, right? Uh, you well, know. Me with marriage, <laughs> I've kind of worked out that it isn't my sport. I was just going to say, any opportunity for me to get a marriage quip in there, I will. Very expensive. <laughs> But the opposite track for those two. I, I mean, Billy, and I, the, the honesty as well. Look, and you see those guys, as I asked you there, you see these guys up close and personal. You see the dynamic, don't you? And I think a lot of caddies now have more of a voice. And I thought, I just want to pick up on the comment I made there about Bones and JT. I mean, for you, how instrumental has Bones been, not just in that win on, on Sunday at Southern Hills, but in, 
in, I guess, the, the recent rise and the recent form of JT, I mean, there's such a successful partnership, but how much respect does JT have for Bones? What does he give him in terms of that maybe extra experience, but also that, that belief? Well, yeah, Bones, fantastic caddy. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time on the, um, on, on, on the fairways with Bones and a very professional guy. Look, me as a player, and to have a Bones, I couldn't deal with a Bones because Bones is a very intelligent, serious guy. I'd need a little more Billy in my mm -hmm. case, in the respect to see the light-hearted side of things, put a smile on my face. And uh, But that's just the way it is. That's why caddies are caddies, you know. That, that, that's what they are. Not every caddy is going to be good for someone as, as another caddy is. Uh, yeah, Bones is, you don't win, I think he's won six majors now, you know, one with JT and he's won five with Phil. Didn't win six because obviously Kiwa, he had his brother on the bag, Phil. They, they, they'd split up by then. But, uh, yeah, so, but, but Bones has done a sensational job with, uh, with, with J Justin Thomas. But Justin Thomas, as Billy just said, has the all-round game. He's a, he a wonderful wedge player. The best wedge player right up there that's ever lived. That's how good he is. A guy that can stun his wedges and make them stand to attention so very quickly doesn't have to worry about spin. And that's a big thing to have. There's been a couple of things in the sort of media. I remember a conversation with Tiger that he had, you know, after a practice round and they had a conversation, a good buddies and obviously JT and Tiger. And JT said, look, what do I need to do? How do I elevate my game? And Tiger said, you, you know, basically you need, you need more shots. And I remember talking to, to Butch about this, the added creativity that he thought JT needed. I mean, he, he said it, he felt he was a bit one dimensional. You just heard Billy say it there. This is a guy with everything. I mean, how, how highly do you rate JT now in terms of his all-round game because he's elevated himself to a different level clearly he got his first PGA Championship victory now he's he's been consistently brilliant for a while now now he's he's a multiple major champion how how good is this guy in all facets Radar? Yeah, I think he's the best uh, he, he doesn't have a weakness and I watched it um a lot of it yeah, from afar, because I was with the last group last week at the PGA. But, yeah, he's, I've watched him on the range, and I've seen I've watched a lot of JT. He doesn't – you, you don't go anywhere with his game and see something that is dodgy. You know, off the tee is great. The irons are great. He's a wonderful chipper, and he's a good putter. How hard is the game? Mm -hmm. It's like everything. And he's got this phenomenal left-to-right low knuckleball that he hits off the tee as his go-to shot. Now, it just goes so far. Like pound for pound, he's the longest in the world. Like he doesn't weigh as as much as um, Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's funny. It's tiny, isn't it? I remember the first time I interviewed him. I was the same, a bit like Rory, a bit like Ricky. You you meet them for the first time in person, having seen him on TV, and you're like, JT is tiny, isn't he? He's a slight guy. Yeah, but like Frankie's a Tory. Yeah. He really is. And I think there's the one, the only one thing, and it relates to what Bones said, and you'll have seen this with, with JT as well, having watched him a lot and seen him in person the last sort of few months. He is hard on himself, isn't he? Yeah. He's a very serious guy. He wants the desire. Oh, well, the desire is, is, is incredible. He's so intense on the golf course. I'll let you all in on a little thing that a lot of people probably haven't noticed. He's got a little nervous twitch in his shoulders. Yeah. If you like he's trying to get a fly off his shoulder and he's twitching and he wants it so badly he wanted it so he's his dad mike all over he's a wonderful guy by the way mike his dad 
he's like out in the golf course all the time and we have a chat and you know, a mother and father, they follow, they go everywhere with him. But yeah, he's an incredibly passionate guy. Uh, and uh, he's going to be around for a long, how many majors can he get to? Can he get to a Tom Watson career of eight? Look, I wouldn't put it past him. I think he can win them all. I think, you know, there's, there's not a golf course he's going to go to that he doesn't look at and go, you know, I can play this. It's it's a worry for the others. He also said as well, which I thought was interesting, there was a, there was a lot of emotion after he won and there was a lot of relief because he said, you know, I've been I've been playing well for a long time and you have doubts, don't you? He said, you know, will it happen again? Why hasn't it happened yet? And almost putting that pressure on himself. But he also just said what we all kind of know. He said, it's so hard to win right now. I mean, do, do you echo those comments? Do you agree that pretty much right now, it's about the most competitive it's been at the, at the top of the game for a very long time. Well, every week on Instagram, uh, as you know, I've just been on it. So I just got on Instagram and, and I try to pick some. on Instagram? I didn't know. Yeah, I've got two. I've got two right in about 10 weeks. I got uh, Cam Smith at the players and then in Mexico, I got Ram. And it's just, they're so hard to pick because they are so, there are so many. Who do you go for? Do I go for Tefla? Do I go for Matt Fitzpatrick? I mean, whoever wins, you are not surprised, are you? No. Rara, last weekend, okay, doubled the last hole, but, you know, you would have walked away from there and gone, oh, Pereira won. That doesn't surprise me. He's a good player. He played well. There's just so many of them, Sarah. Yeah. Incredible. It is incredible. And I think that's the thing that JT just was highlighting is, you know, you look at the run Sheffler's been on, you look at Ram, you look at DJ, you look at Kep, you know, all these guys. It is, we are blessed, aren't we, with such phenomenal talent. But yeah, I think JT, like you said, watch out going forward because he is a, he's a superstar and he's playing some incredible golf right now. Let's do our little Radar's rants because it links, I think, to something that we are going to talk a bit more about um, in the pod over the next few minutes. But what's kind of been, what's been getting you goat this month? I've got, I've got a couple. I mean, I just, I hope the Tiger, yeah. I hope the Tiger doesn't play for too long. I don't think he'll tarnish his legacy because it's, you know, 15 majors and war number one for 100 years and all that stuff. I'd hate to see Tiger go out there and play on for too long when, when the injuries, you know, are, are so great. The ankle now is terrible. He's got a fuse back. He's had so many knee operations. I just hate to see him keep on going out there and 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 just not play not play well. I, I just I wouldn't like that. I didn't like the last two uh, majors where Tyrrell knocked the golf course, mm. had a whinge. I think Tyrrell's whinging too much at the moment. Mm. Uh, I don't know what else thinks, but I, I just I don't like that. Not again, Tyrrell. Not again. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a fantastic player. You're a guy who can, no doubt, you know, win a major championship. And uh, so I, I, I hope that 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 doesn't he doesn't continue to do that because you know I don't know how the guy would be uh, he's able to afford the fines he must be paying at the moment because yeah. every week I reckon the PGA Tour go Terrell, that's another ten thousand. Terrell, that's another twenty thousand. Let's be, you know, just give it a rest now. Go out there and play and play like we know you can. And uh, you're, you're, you're a champion guy. But uh, the Tiger one, I'm sure a lot of people would agree. You, you don't want, you don't like to see a champion 
try to do something. Look when you can't. And I hope he comes back and wins another major. But can you see it? No, look, and I think it, it, I was staggered that he was back for the Masters. You know, you look what he's been through. Physically talked about needing his leg practically had to have his leg amputated. He was in a sorry state and he comes back and he plays the Masters. And you think, how's he done that? You know, superhuman was being banded around and then obviously comes out pretty good signs early on. But physically, I mean, he looked, it, it looked, it wasn't good to watch, was it? It was sad to watch. Yes. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you watch him go at St Andrews because the course is flat. St Andrews isn't flat. Everyone seems to think St Andrews is flat. Okay, it's a big old flat piece of property. But during the walk around, you're up and down all the time, down into little dips. And if we get a nice hot summer, like we know we can get a 100-degree heat up there in Scotland, <laughs> not. But if we get a nice dry patch up there during that open, which is how I want to see, I want to see St Andrews almost white, Um and it's going to be a hard walk for Tiger Woods. People go, what are you talking about? No, trust me. It isn't easy to walk around there when St Andrews gets, when the old lady gets quite firm up and down those little dips. What's your, what's your gut feel as to how long Tiger, honestly, will we'll see Tiger out there playing in the minute? Well, you know, what, what's your feeling? I don't know. See, that's what I'm worried about. But your gut feeling right now, you said, right, you know, Sarah, look what I've seen. I saw at the PGA. I, I, I'm thinking... A year to what? You, you must have an inkling of what. Because you, like you said, he's he's physically he's not going to keep he's not going to keep doing it if he's he he turns up to win whenever he tees it up. At what point does he say, right? You know, I'm not there. And physically, there's so much going into getting my body ready to tee it up this week. I don't know. I, I knowing Tiger and so determined is Tiger Woods. That's what made him the great champion, or makes him the great champion. Hasn't gone away yet. But I don't think he ever will. I think he's one of those guys that maybe he's he's one of those guys that think, well, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go. He's fit. Don't worry about the body. It's all there's no fat on it and all that stuff. But the you know, you've got a back fuse together, yeah. uh, you know, and you win the Masters. That was just a Superman effort. Yeah. And he's got a knee that's dodgy. He won that in the U.S. Open with a dodgy leg. I mean, you know, when do you go? Listen, I don't want to walk around with Charlie Woods, who I hope is, is a major champion, because wouldn't it be great to have Charlie Woods next? That'd be unreal. That'd be just brilliant. Maybe it's time to go and concentrate on Charlie. That's the thing. You know, he's a fat, he's got two kids in your doors. He's yeah. got 800 million. He's not like me going down the shop to, you know, one stop down on the corner here to buy Rice Krispies and wondering where I'm getting the coin from. I mean, the old tiger. <laughs> Rice Krispies and a chicken pot noodle. That's right. Sunday night tea. One stop shop. <laughs> Well, we know how much that divorce has cost you, so, you know, times are hard, Radar, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about players whinging. I, I, what stoked me this month was Sergio. Billy mentioned Sergio. L listen, I I love Sergio. I've known him a long time. I feel like I, I've been interviewing him since he was a kid. I think he's a great guy. I love his charisma. I think he's funny. I think he's... I think he's amenable I think he's affable I think he's all those great things but I also think as we all know he can be a petulant little kid right he can yep. be he can be a bit of a pain in the ass and yeah. as much as I love him I see a couple of things he does and I think Sergio what why you don't you don't need to do this and I thought the comments at Wells Fargo just disappointed me really you know linked to obviously the live golf comments caught on that camera on microphone I can't wait to leave this tour and 
you know, not speaking to the media, just ups, it just makes me sad. You know, this is a guy who's earned, what, more than 54 million in prize money around the world. People, kids looking up to him week in, week out. He's a father now, father of two. He doesn't need to be making those comments, does he? No. He's a, guy. He's a blessed guy. He's got a great life. Had a great career. He's a Masters champion. Why does he feel the need to, to, to make those comments and put himself in that position where he's getting criticised? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This, this, this live golf, it's got a lot to answer for. Um, we don't know what's going on. We have to find out soon. I mean, when are they going to announce their draw? Well, I mean, when, when announce that? It's only a few weeks away. When are we going to find out what's the, who's playing? But you don't say that as Sergio. You know, I can't wait to get off this tour. You can't wait. This kids can't wait to get on the PGA yeah. Tour. And you're saying you can't wait to leave it. Really? Yeah. I just thought it was sad. I thought it was a shame. You know, appreciative for everything you've you've done and had and what golf has given you. And it just, as much as I love him, I just made me sad to hear those comments. And I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan. So who are we going to see then at Centurion Radar? Oh. <laughs> I think, well, I think a lot of people, from what I'm hearing, they're not going to take any notice of the um, the, the ban, the PGA Tour, that you can't go. They, 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 I think, I, this is my guess, maybe I'm wrong, and uh, I don't want them to come back and say, you said that, but I'm going to have a go. You've asked me who I think will be there. Yeah. I think Dow will be there. I think Westwood will be there. I think Sergio will be there. I think Poulter will be there. Now, will your rider captain be there? I'd say maybe. Maybe? Yeah. So yeah. we yeah. talked about it last time. What 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 are their what are the punishments? What what's gonna happen when it comes to rider cup captains well, and fines? What what are these players if they do play? What are the repercussions? Like we, everyone's, we're all surmising all the time about this live tour, but we've got to, in our job, we've got to, we've got to make, what do I, you put it perfectly. That's why you do what you do so well, is what do you think is going to happen? Okay, this is what I think is going to happen. I, I think the live tour will pay for any um, lawyers or stuff like that, that the DP World Tour or the PGA Tour put in front of them. Now, can you, are you allowed to say to someone, you can't go there and play golf? You can't do that. Mm. You're not, I'm not letting you go there. You can't go and play for $25 million at Centurion Club because I've got a tournament in Canada worth $8 million. I, I, I just, I honestly, I think it's going to be so very difficult. And if it comes down to courts, I think it'll get very, very ugly. Yeah. And I there's only one one thing that can happen, and that's the courts. I, I, I don't see there's another way out of it. I agree because I think it's so fragmented. It's so, you know, we all we're all involved in the game. You've played the game, and now in the media, it's it's a wonderful sport, a wonderful game. I think right now it's just there's so much negativity around it, and it's protracted. What's going to happen? Will players go here? It's just all a bit negative for me, and I think. I mean, I was disappointed. Greg Norman's press conference, I thought it was really disappointing. I thought it was poor, how he handled some of the questions. And there's too much negativity and just bad feeling around it. But it's causing, I mean, you know, you 
sky week in week out you know you guys are talking about it it's it's just it's frustrating isn't it it's sad we kind of need to know what's going to happen but i agree i think it's only going to end in i think the lawyers are going to earn a lot of money out of this if, if you look at it all the guys over 40 yeah. i reckon they're gone off they go like hundred thousand pounds to run last yeah that's a lot of money that's to run last yeah you know, you got young kids in Australia getting a game on it now. Uh, Asian players, they're all getting a game because the field's up. There's going to be a lot of players sit back that first one and they're going to go, all right, they played. What happened to them? What was the punishment? That, and and if, they, if the punishment wasn't great, they're all going to be there. That's the they're thing. A lot of players are watching this space, aren't they? Look at Ricky Fowler's comments. I was quite surprised about Fowler's comments. Yes. He, he, yes, last week I saw that. I mean, he's waiting to go. Yeah. Rick, and he's not playing great, is he? No. Oh, Ricky, you know, if you like the coin, and we don't know who loves the money, and, you know, like some love it more than others, some naturally just get it. Look, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just going to be, it's unbelievable to watch. Uh, and, and look at it all. Who have they got to broadcast? I mean, who are the commentators they are going to use? We don't know. You know, off to the memorial next week. And, you know, the week after that is the Canadian, which I'm going to. And that's the week, the Centurion. They, who's just going to go? They're just not going to listen to the PJ Tour. And they're just going to show up. What's going to happen to me? Oh, well, you're fined $20,000. Really? Greg will just write a check, I suppose. Well, exactly. That's the thing. If there's no serious sanctions or repercussions, these it doesn't twenty grand, thirty grand, fifty grand, whatever. It's nothing to these guys, and like you say, they're going to be they're going to have the the fines covered anyway. So, but yeah, the next time the next time we chat on the podcast, we'll know and uh, we'll discuss more. But for the meantime, we'll just have to wait and see who does tee it up. But I think we've heard enough in the press and kind of have a good sense of what's going on. So, so yeah. Interesting. Um, a quick couple of other things. The US Women's Open, uh, just we talk about money and I think, you know, the, the, the good and the bad. What's very good is the women's purses are really increasing. We've talked about this before, Radar, and obviously covered at the Women's um, British Open the last couple of years. But the US Women's Open has increased the purse to 10 million from 5.5 million last year. So that's upcoming. That's going to be uh, brilliant to see. And I just think it's great that the, the women, the female players are getting the credit they deserve and, and starting to earn what they should be earning, you know, trying to get more parity between the men's and the women's game. And, and it, it's fantastic to see. So looking forward to watching that unfold. And as we near the end of the pod, just worth looking as well at our good, bad and ugly. Now, I did want to just pick up on, did you see these comments? Uh, Lydia Coe was asked um, when she was talking to Jerry Foltz um, on the golf channel and she basically took it's quite a sensitive one I don't did you did you did you see did you read this and I can say it because I'm a woman and I suffer <laughs> at certain times of the month and hormonal um hormonal changes but yeah I just think talking bravely about things I think just being honest radar as a as a player whether you're male or female something's going on in your life personal situations that affects how you play or maybe affecting you that week and sometimes it's just good to be quite honest about about this and Lydia said you know what time of the month struggling a bit 
and she was honest about it. And also Alison Lee, I don't know if you, you saw this as well, uh, Radar, talking a little bit in the media about the pressure and the anxiety that she suffers with, and a lot of golfers do. Did you see that? Did you see the comments? No. No, but basically just, again, coming out, as we've talked about with a Beef and other players talking about some of the mental stresses that they face as a golfer and just said, you know, look, yeah, I, I, I do suffer. What the pressure that we're under, the anxiety that I feel as a professional golfer, what you have to deal with when things aren't going well. It's a hard sport, isn't it? And I think it's a, it's good anytime these athletes stand up and, and say when they're struggling. It can only be a good thing, right? No, fantastic thing. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. But, yeah, why not talk about it? We can talk about things now. And you know, ladies golf, we're, 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 we've been bigging up ladies golf for ages and why not and they deserve the money they get i'm a big fan and uh, i love watching ladies golf i watch a lot of it laura who works with us at sky the only thing is poor old laura i mean she's played for a couple of tea and a biscuit now they're playing for 10 10 million laura will be a little upset i know i know she's talked about that on occasion and yeah look at the game how the game has changed now but that mega prize purse for the u.s women's open is fantastic uh the bads um, you mentioned Hatton earlier with Radar's rants. You a couple of things you wanted to say about Rory? Yeah, I don't know Rory. Uh, you know he's he's coming from nowhere last week. Look, he got within two shots of the winning score last week. I think he's going in the right direction. I just think there's a little bit of little bit of self doubt there at, at the moment. I think he's uh, look. He's not freewheeling as much at the moment. I, I feel as though Rory needs to freewheel in the respect of play like he was a kid again. And I think that would really help him. I think he's just thinking a little bit too much. As I know, Rory, you know, we're all big fans. How can you not be a big fan? Because we all know that, you know, on the day, if, you know, he is the one. He is, he is the one. He plays his best. I think he wins. But we aren't seeing his best all the time. I thought it was a, a, a no-brainer this week when he got off that five under first day. Yeah. I thought, thought, here we go. Yeah, there we go. This is it. And... uh it wasn't to be, so you know. I just, I just, I, I just hope that Rory gets back on his winning ways. I'm sure he will, uh, but it's uh, you know, there's a lot of guys around now. There's a lot of players around, as we've said, Shefflers and all these great players. Rory's, you know, it's going to be a tough gig. It is. It is. I worry with the Ryder Cup with this American team. I feel as though you've got seven or eight players on the on the European t- team Europe. But we need four, or you need four or five of them to stand up from somewhere else because there's a changing of the guard, isn't it? Yeah, your, your Roses, your Polters, your Stensons, all those guys that probably go to the Live Tour. What's going to happen? If you go to the Live Tour, are you allowed to captain the Ryder Cup team? That is the big question, Radar, and one we will find out in time. Well, it's got to be a week. It's got to be now. It's got Gotta find out any minute. Yeah. Cause I thought that they I thought basically if you jumped ship or you went to play in the Live Golf series, you're effectively ruling out a chance of becoming a Ryder Cup captain. That was what that was the impression that was kind of banded around. Mm-hmm. But if so many of the guys go, then I don't know. Well, if they all go, I mean we're, we're gonna have who's gonna be what? what? Tim Barter is right a cup cap. <laughs> Andrew Coulter one day yeah. played right a cup. You could captain. Yeah. Um, 
Um, my punchy prediction, um, I'm going to put myself out on a limb here. Punchy prediction for the US Women's Open and the US Open, I'm going for a British double. But I'm not saying who. I'm just saying I'm going to have a British double. But the US Open and the British US Open and the US Women's Open. A British winner. British winner. British well, winner. I'm not thinking more Georgia Hall. Yeah, well, she's playing well. She's playing well. And my prediction, Matt Fitzpatrick at St. Andrews. There you go. Love it. Love it. Radar, give me a clue who. Guess the golfer based on a clue using their player's bio in the tour website. We launched this for episode one of season two last time around. And it's fair to say we're both a bit rubbish. Terrible. But, <laughs> but I've got high hopes for us this month, okay? Right. So our quiz master is standing by. <laughs> I hope he's got some good ones for us this month. I've tried to make them a bit easier this month, but I don't know how successful I've been. Okay. So we'll, we'll get started. We'll do the first question, then the first answer, and we'll go like that rather than do all six questions. Okay. So number one, this three-time national youth champion was also ranked in the top 10 in the world for racquetball aged 11. He claims he would have been an accountant if he wasn't as good at golf because he's always been good with numbers. Padraig Harrington. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I genuinely was going to say Harrington. That's all right. You're both wrong. It's Seamus Power. You weren't far away. Oh, got the nationality right. Nationality is right. Him in a couple of weeks on a round with radar ping. Are you sure it's him or someone else you'd recognised at the wrong tournament? No, I'm playing at his home club in Ireland. <laughs> Question two. This Olympian tried to earn a tennis scholarship aged 10 before earning a golf scholarship a year later at the same club. He enjoys mountain biking, snowboarding and collecting trainers. Paul Casey. Pat Perez. At Fox Hills, Paul Casey. Yes. You should have known that one, Radar. Radar, where do you play? Fox Hills. <laughs> is that 1-0 to Sturkers? That is 1-0 Sturkers. Question three. The grandfather, brother and caddy of this former world number one all played basketball to a high level at college. He is now related by marriage to one of ice hockey's greatest ever players. Captain Johnson. Yeah. There we go. There's one for Radon, one for Sturkers, one each. So 2-1 Sturkers. Number four. 2009's Kentucky Mr. Golf loves golf so much he collects balls from all of his wins to give to his dad. J2. Oh. I might have gone too easy this time because you've both got that. You might get this one as well. And what's that? Sorry, three... Three, two, Sturkers. Number five. This player's career is only going in one direction. Since giving up swimming age nine to focus on golf with their twin, they recently became the first person from their country to win on tour. Toy guard. No. No. With their twin. Two. So... Well, they were, it's the Hoy, the Hoygaard twins. Who else is Which other twins are there? I'm going the first person on tour. To, first 
player on from his country to win on tour. Maybe it's not a he. Can you give us a clue? Radar's just given you one. Jessica Corder. No. Um, no, that's your guess. You've had two now. I should know this, but I don't. Give up. Who is it? Leona Maguire. Oh, stop it. Of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, there's, an, there's another... The One Direction's a bit of a clue with her management it company. The One Direction. Yeah. I didn't know. We both know Niall, but I didn't know he bloody turned pro. Her sister's a retired professional golfer. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know her sister actually played to that level. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Sorry. Stop me again. So number six. This guy was once struck by lightning on a golf course in South Africa. He went on to have a stellar career and now has his own vineyards. Retrieve Gosen! You're too good, Radar. Yeah. Would you have got that, Sturkers? I would, yeah. Right. So it's 2 0 Sturkers. Yeah. Still need to come up with a forfeit for this. No, nah, I'll bribe you for the next one. You can give me the answers. <laughs> 2 0 in our little series. Give me a clue here. Radar, you need to step your game up. I know. No, I know. I'm not very good. My knowledge of golf is, you know, it's great. But that one, uh, Leona, over there at, uh, in Ireland, a great player she is. But no, I had no clue there. Absolutely no clue. I'm disappointed neither of us got that. I'm disappointed in ourselves. Radar, what's, that? what's next for you? The I'm doing right now, I'm doing the next week, the Memorial from Ohio, C Canada. Uh, I'm doing that, and then I'm back for one week off, and then we're doing the Irish, the Scottish, the Open, and the the Seniors Open. So a busy, busy boy. Nice, nice. Well, look, it's been great to catch up. Again, Big... when are we seeing you? Well, I'm so my maternity. I'm on maternity leave for nine months. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I'm very busy with my little boy. He's he's sleeping now, which is really good. So I, um, I was losing the will at the beginning. Like, he's gorgeous. It's life-changing. He's amazing. But the sleep deprivation, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how, how do you do this? Yeah. He's sleeping really well. He's just started weaning. So we had some banana rice today. Yeah, he loves it. So, um, no, I miss you guys. I miss you all. Um, looking forward to coming back in September. But, you know, I think I said this before, and I've spoken quite openly about it, um, IBF the process it took me a long time for him to arrive you know it was a long journey yeah. for him to become a mum and i want to enjoy every single moment i can with him because he's just Good. adorable brilliant so, yeah i'm loving it i'm looking forward for you to meet i'm looking forward you know to meet him that's running around you can't catch it and you've got to have back of your head i just at the minute i don't know if i put a picture out the other day i had him in a little his little master's uh, vest yeah and he's a big boy and everybody keeps telling me he's a unit and I'm like, is that a, is that a good thing? Is that a compliment? Like he's chunky, but babies are supposed to be chunky, aren't they? Healthy, yeah, healthy. Healthy baby. So no, he's. Um... Hey, I was chunky, but I've just remained chunky. <laughs> chunky and hairy. That's you, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Listen, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you soon, Radar. And thank you all for listening to episode two of Sturkers Radar and Cut, brought to you by T. Play your best, everyone.
Bean, a Monkey Pants Productions podcast. Thank you.